It's all right. We found something. We won't tell nobody. And, you know, the children going, We won't tell you secrets, Batterman. It's okay. And, you know, and everyone's like, Oh, it's fine. You know, we hate you, Doc Ock. You're going to have to go through us to get the Spider-Man because, you know, Spider-Man, he's, he's a guy, but he's got his mask on right now. He was a white guy. We're going to tell you that he's white. He was young. He looked uh, kind of like Tobey Maguire. You know who Tobey Maguire is? No, 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 no. He was in Titanic. I'm talking about Tobey Maguire, the other one. and interlopers in lieu of a regular issue this time your old pal dixby caravaggio thought he'd share some of his views maybe unpopular maybe super unpopular views on the super acclaimed and much cherished 2004 sequel to 2002 spider-man i'm of course talking about spider-man 2 we're not following any format for these in lieu of a regular issues Less editing, certainly more off-the-cuff insights from yours truly. Rest assured, though, kiddos, we are, we are very hard at work on the next full issue of In Lieu Of. But until then, I thought I would kick back. You know, I thought I would take a break in my dilapidated ranch outside of home, Pennsylvania, and watch a movie. A movie that I don't particularly like. A movie that I didn't really like when I first saw it in theaters despite how hyped I was for said movie. In lieu of a regular issue, here's my take on the beloved superhero sequel, Spider-Man 2. He stole that guy's pizza! It didn't have a tagline, it didn't have a subtitle. You know, there was X2, and X2 was X2 for a while, and then all of a sudden, I remember like a week and a half before the premiere in, in 03, it was the commercial started going X2, X-Men United. I was like, that's kind of bad. That's trash. People didn't say that's trash in 03, but if they did, they would have said it about that. Anyway, uh, so yeah, it's just Spider-Man 2, and they would continue this with Spider-Man 3. Okay, so I'm I'm sitting here watching this, and I just... ah. I don't know what it is. I didn't like this movie, and now I'm talking about Spider-Man 2. Uh, this is this is definitely going to be, I think, one of Dixby's unpopular opinions for sure. Uh, because uh, Spider-Man 2, even when it came out in 04, I remember I was so excited for this movie. I remember seeing the trailer for the first time. It was it was it was insane, and oh man, I was let down. This was one of the first big letdowns I remember feeling, where I just wanted Doctor Octopus to be different. Um, I wanted, it's so weird, the villain, the villain in this movie, oh my god, uh, what they got right about the Green Goblin, they didn't do in Spider-Man 2, and what they got wrong about the Green Goblin, they did in Spider-Man 2. More on that, hopefully, later. As you can see, molten metal penetrated the spinal cavity and fused the vertebra at multiple points, including the lamina and the roof of the spinal column. 
Anybody here take shop class? (laughs) (laughs) But it was just this movie... This movie suffers from what I think Batman Returns suffers from, but I actually like Batman Returns. Uh, I didn't like Batman Returns when I first saw it when I was little. Uh, it scared the crap out of me, but I ended up, uh, as an adult, loving it. My, my opinions really changed about that movie, but I gotta tell you, with with this one, it's sort of like the studio. Um, remember, this isn't Marvel Studios, by the way. We're still, we're, we're still about four or five years off from Marvel Studios being a thing, right? Iron Man, you know, people think Tom Cruise is, is being rumored for Iron Man. I mean, that's where we are. Are, maybe even earlier than that. So this studio, uh, Sony, Columbia, TriStar, whatever the hell, uh, you know, the studio just said, hey, Sam Raimi, can you do another Spider-Man movie? And then Sam Raimi was like, of course, I'll do another Spider-Man movie. So I really like Spider-Man. Spider-Man was a hero of mine growing up. And, and I really do believe that of Sam Raimi, by the way. I really uh, do believe and respect him when he says that. But uh, they just said, sort of said, look, uh, when when Tim Burton was doing Batman, they said, hey, you want to do another Batman movie? He said, sure. They said, OK, we want it to be even more Tim Burton. We just just make a Tim Burton movie. And everyone or a lot of people hated it at the time and still do hate that movie. Uh, but here I'm watching Spider-Man 2 in front of me. Uh, he's just delivered the pizzas, uh, you know, sat them on the table and he's and he's he's late. And, you know, he just fumbled in the broom closet with all the brooms and mop handles and things. And and he's so, so sad. And she's uh, the person at the desk is so dismissive of him. Uh, the studio just said, Sam Raimi, make a make the movie more Sam Raimi. Um, I think when the when the scene comes up um, post surgery or pre surgery, Dr. Octopus, they're going to try to remove the tentacles from his back. It's that scene where it just turns into a Sam Raimi, really, really hokey horror movie. And I love Sam Raimi movies, but I don't want Sam Raimi movies in my superhero movies, let alone my Spider-Man movies. And I think that something was so magical and mm, I don't know, there was just something about the first Spider-Man that I go back and I watch it and I see the the Raimi-ness to them. I see all the Raimi all over the place, but it just doesn't, it doesn't hit me in the same way because there's still a lot that's good. Not un just not Raimi being Raimi, like Raimi being the director of a different kind of movie, like a Spider-Man movie, like a superhero genre movie. And I don't know, it just even, it just, everything got wackier in the second one. And then in the third one, it was just ridiculous. You know, the third one's criticized, oh, Peter's crying all the time. Well, Peter cries a lot in this movie too. And there's nothing wrong with Peter crying. It's just that, you know, people at the time, I think they were like, oh, what, you know, it's we want to see Spider-Man. We want to see Spider-Man. We don't want so many villains. And I mean, this is all criticism of the third movie, but I think that what people didn't like about the third movie, uh, I didn't like about the third movie either, but I also didn't like it because I felt it was the same stuff that I was given in the second movie. And as excited as I was for Spider-Man 3, even after not really loving Spider-Man 2, uh, with that trailer, with Eddie Brock's transformation into Venom, and they would not screw it up this time. They screwed it up that time. But um, I just felt like they were kind of the same movies, except the third one was longer. What about this, friend? Why does he climb these walls? What does he think of himself? That's the problem. He doesn't know what to think. Gotta make you mad not to know who you are. Your soul disappears. Nothing as bad as uncertainty. Listen, maybe you're not supposed to be Spider-Man climbing those walls. That's why you keep falling. You always have a choice, Peter. I have a choice. 
And the Spider-Man losing his power story for no apparent reason, just sort of like because he felt different, or he felt weird, or he felt bad or something. Like, I don't know, I just wanted there to be something more. I wanted that to pay off to something. You know, I think in the animated series uh, at the beginning of, weirdly enough, season two, this is the sequel the movie I'm watching right now is the sequel to uh, the first movie in the franchise. Well, Spider-Man, the animated series, it's season two uh, started. I believe it started with the uh, it was the Neogenic Nightmare uh, arc, I believe. And it was where Spider-Man was mutating and he eventually turned into the man spider. So Spider-Man was losing his powers. Then he got his powers back. Then he grew the arms out of his sides and then he mutated into the man spider. And he went to Charles Xavier to figure out what was going on. And 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 Professor X couldn't help them, but he did team up with the X-Men and with Wolverine. And that was really cool. They saved Beast. But that arc, it it it, it led to something, right? Spider-Man was losing his powers. Oh, no. And then it was the Sinister Six. Well, they called it the Insidious Six uh, for some reason. The Insidious Six, they uh, they all those villains, they were going to attack him and he he had lost his powers. And then, you know, there was an arc to it in, in Spider-Man, too. He, he loses his powers. And I can't remember. Does he just get them back? He just sort of goes, well, oh, no, Doc Ock is attacking and I'm wearing my glasses. But all of a sudden I get my spider sense back and I dive over the table in slow motion with Mary Jane and save her. I just didn't. Oh, it just didn't. There, there was something that needed to be. There was something more material that needed to be there. There needed to be a better explanation, something to account for him losing his powers and then and then gaining them back in that moment. I don't know. It just never, never sat right with me. I'm ruined. I have nothing left except Spider-Man. He saved your life, sir. He humiliated me by touching me. Strasbourg and the press will be here soon. I suggest we move on. What was he doing here anyway? And, you know, I think this is the first time that I ever said, ah, I hate that James Franco guy. Uh, his, you know, him as Harry in the first movie, I dug that version of the character in that movie. I felt that it was, um, you know, it was played younger, uh, a little bit, I guess, than what I was expecting, but uh, he wasn't a sort of cartoonish or clowny. In this, in this one, Spider-Man too. You know, his hair's longer. He's supposed to be more menacing, but he just ends up being such a joke. Uh, there's the scene after uh, Spider-Man when Doctor Octopus is, uh, you know, the, the experiment goes sideways, and then his and you know his tentacles get fused to his spine. Um, and then, you know, Harry is there in the room and Spider-Man saves him. And then, you know, he's getting loaded into to his limousine uh, after the event, after the um, explosion. And he says something like the Spider-Man, I'm going to get him. He's he's uh, uh, disrespected me by touching me or something like this. It's it's just so corny. Um, and he's supposed to be more menacing in this movie. And I think that's what I don't like about it. We're escalating the character or we're meant to be escalating the character, but we take the character less seriously uh, as we escalate him. And I just don't understand that. There's just something uh, I just, ah, it, I, it, I get stuck on it every time I watch this movie. Aunt May, you don't have to punish yourself. Oh, I know I shouldn't. It's just that you wanted to take the subway and he wanted to drive you. If only I had stopped him, we'd all three of us be having tea together. Aunt May's arc in these three movies, I feel like you could kind of put the three sort of standout scenes, maybe from all of the three movies, you could kind of put them all together. And it's just 
Basically, Peter needed to have one conversation with this woman, but it ended up being multiple conversations over multiple uh, movies, because I think, you know, in Spider-Man one, they have a lot of they have a lot of um, interaction. And then in Spider-Man two, doesn't uh, Peter reveal that, hey, you know, I was the one who basically got Uncle Ben killed. He 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 basically he says that or he does. He does. He insinuates that. And then Aunt May actually pulls away from him and says, oh, no. And I think this is around the time that she they have another conversation and, and she says something about this neighborhood kid believe needing to believe in someone believe in spider-man and peter's like oh but spider-man's gone but oh no my powers are back or something right i i need to maybe finish watching this movie but and then in the third one uh there's the thing where aunt may gives peter uh the ring to give to mj uh and then he and then he screws that all up somehow i forget uh with bryce dallas howard or something and i And then they sort of had the closure of, well, Uncle Ben's killer really wasn't the guy who was killed in the first movie. It's actually Sandman. I mean, I mean, Flint Marco. It's definitely Flint Marco, who's definitely not Sandman soon. And it was just, you know, that was annoying alone, but it was sort of like Aunt May's involvement in that last part of a conversation that, that should have just taken place in about five minutes. I don't know. It's just there's too much. There's too much. And usually the in my in my head or at least my memories of the cartoons and and even you know what, even some of the interaction between Andrew Garfield and Sally Field uh, in the Amazing Spider-Man, those two movies, I feel uh, sort of more nostalgic for for those moments and especially the moments uh, in the old animated series from the 90s. But I I just Tobey Maguire and Rosemary Harris, I just I never really felt it. I felt it at the beginning of the first Spider-Man, definitely, and throughout most of that movie. Uh, when she gets attacked by Green Goblin is still really horrifying when uh, if, if you remember earlier in that movie um, uh, they invite Norman Osborn to uh, their apartment uh, to have Thanksgiving dinner and Aunt May sort of slaps his hand when he goes to eat something and then he looks at her and smiles and snarls and he starts doing the carving knife thing. That's supposed to be incidental, but then at that same dinner he realizes that Peter's Spider-Man, so I think it makes it doubly poignant when you look back at it but also when you're watching it um in real time and then when she's saying her prayers and she gets to the part of um oh yeah deliver us from evil and that's when the green goblin uh, bursts into the room explodes into the room and says finish it finish it she's like from evil (laughs) it was amazing but yeah just overall not a fan of this peter and this may sorry my rose is dead my dream is dead And these monstrous things should be at the bottom of the river. Along with me. Something in my head. Something talking. So I mentioned earlier about um, uh, Dr. Octopus and Green Goblin, and I got to say, you know, Green Goblin, the way he looked, his aesthetic was what I feel like they got wrong in the Spider-Man, in the original Spider-Man movie. And I I remember thinking that at the time, Uh, seeing the the first um, sort of released pictures, um, I want to say maybe an Entertainment Weekly or one of those, or maybe it was Toy Fair, something like that. And I just remember looking at it and it wasn't the mask that got me. It was actually the bodysuit. It was just all green. And I remember going, the first thing I remember was sort of conflating the image of the Green Goblin from the comic books, who it, it is a costume. So you're aware that it is a costume, but it's so much sort of not costumey that it's almost like his body. And it was like he was he was nude or something. It's really weird, but I just thought the Green Goblin was naked. 
because he has green skin, but he wears the purple. He wears the purple clothes over his skin like, ah, what what the hell? So I definitely didn't like the costume um, when I first saw it. Um, And then the mask did bother me when I actually saw it in the movie. But I thought that the I thought that Willem Dafoe did a really good job as Norman Osborn. I don't think it was the definitive Norman Osborn. I actually think that uh, if they decide to bring Norman Osborn into the MCU, uh, they'll probably do a much better job. Um, I can only imagine sort of casting someone like uh, Cranston, Brian Cranston in that role. I mean, geez. But the scenes where it was, I think it was an authentic interpretation of Norman Osborn. And I really remember liking his characterization um, in the movie. And then for me, it was the opposite in Spider-Man 2, where I think they really, really nailed the look of Dr. Octopus, where they could have gone really hokey with it. They could have gone with sort of the I remember the animated series sort of was yellow and um, not yellow. It was orange and green. Um, and he was kind of coordinated with matching boots and gloves. And then the rest of him was one color. Um, and he had the really big, dark glasses. I feel like they really did the sort of 2000s thing to do to make uh, superheroes and villains look more realistic. I actually think that I, I, I think they did a really good job with the long coat um, and the and the glasses and he still wears gloves and he still just looks really menacing but he's sort of he you can tell he's just a he's he's he is human but he's just somehow more menacing just being sort of regular looking i don't know it's strange but i really didn't like the characterization of otto octavius well i you know i, I take that back i think otto octavius as hokey as the scene uh sounds and i'm watching it right now and they're they're smiling and they're talking about when oh i met her in the in the steps and the first date and then we went to the movie and I don't know, uh, Alfred, but I think Otto Octavius here is actually, uh, I, th- I think Molina did a really good job. It was the, it wasn't Molina's fault either. I don't even think it was technically Raimi's fault, even if though he, it is. Uh, don't make the tentacles control his mind. You know, Dr. Octopus needs to have motivations beyond sort of being coaxed into it by this artificial intelligence um, to sort of make you feel like, wow, this is a really bad guy. This could be a leader of a sinister six or an insidious six or whatever you want to call it. Um, And you didn't get that. You sort of got this guy who was mean and dastardly and evil, but he was sort of just talking to these puppets or he was the puppet of these things that would talk to him in his head. And then he sort of gets redeemed at the end. Um, Not unlike Norman Osborn. Norman Osborn really didn't get redeemed. No, he definitely didn't. It was just don't tell Harry thud. Uh, and this one, you know, he definitely uh, Dr. Octopus um, helps save the day. He I think he holds the building up or he submerges the battery or something and then he dies in the water. He drowns. But yeah, I don't know. There was just something that didn't click in the characterization. So that's where I feel like the two movies sort of swapped and I really really wish that they would have gone a different maybe more comic book direction with Dr. Octopus in this movie um, to make him just more menacing and have him sort of go crazy for reasons other than something um, in his cerebellum compelling him to do so. You have a train to catch. And then the thing that I despised when I saw this movie in theaters, I remember hating this moment. It's the it's the train scene, the train scene. And you know what? That may be one of the most challengingly fun parts of the Spider-Man 2 game, which I think I had on Xbox. I think I want to say the first Xbox. And I just oh, and it's and it's cool. You know, he's fighting with with Doc Ock. And then, you know, of course, the the train's going to become disabled and it's going to be speeding away. And Spider-Man needs to do the thing where he shoots webs out uh, both sides to sort of slow the momentum of the speeding thing that's going to kill all the people. And, oh, when the little spark hits his mask, ow, and he pulls the mask off and then he sort of faints and the people pull him into the 
into the into the train and they pass him over his head and they all get a really good look at his face and then he wakes up and he's like oh no in his head he's like oh no they know who I am they know what I look like they could describe me you know to a police sketch artist it was not uncommon for there to be camera phones i'm going to go on record and say that i could be wrong in 9 oh if they filmed it in 03 there's a chance Ugh. but there's Oh, but there had to be someone on that train with access to a camera, some way to record what was happening. And, you know, the children going, we won't tell you secrets, Batterman, it's okay. And, you know, and everyone's like, oh, it's fine. You know, we hate you, Doc Ock. You're going to have to go through us to get the Spider-Man because, you know, Spider-Man, he's, he's a guy, but he's got his mask on right now. He was a white guy. We're going to tell you that he's white. He was young. He looked uh, kind of like Tobey Maguire. You know who Tobey Maguire is? No, 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 no. He was in Titanic. I'm talking about Tobey Maguire, the other one. Yeah, there was just something about that that just was so disingenuous. It's just, it just, it wouldn't happen that way. And it, the whole movie, it's, it, it, none of the movie would happen anyway because it couldn't happen. So that's a silly thing for me to say. But there's just something uh, that I felt that was really disingenuous about that scene. That it was more about getting a certain feeling to, to sort of dig into the audience a little bit and say you should feel this way about this moment um, instead of sort of. Not not doing it. Just leave his mask on. He we're already going to have later. Um, and this was even teased in the in the trailers before the film came out. We're going to have an unmasking or a potential unmasking um, by Harry in the apartment. So don't do it. Just keep his mask on. Why is he always? And then and then I think he also has his mask off uh, at the end in front of Dr. Octopus. And that's when Mary Jane goes, oh, it's you. And or I've always known it's you or something. And. I oh it's just there's 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 too much they needed to eliminate one or two of those they they really needed one moment they needed just the one don't listen to them it was my dream sometimes to do what's right we have to be steady and give up the thing we want the most even our dreams so that's about it. I, I need to take a rest now. I need to go get some get some shut eye. Uh, you know, we're working on more uh, issues here for for uh, current and, and even future volumes of In Lieu Of, the, the podcast that everyone's that everyone's talking about right now. Uh, well, everyone that I know. Uh, OK, not everyone that I know, but but there's like there's like two or three of you that are talking about it when I bring it up anyway. It was really good to have this sort of scaled back, toned down. I think I was actually pretty hyper and animated during this uh, non-issue issue thing. Uh, yeah, but I think maybe you all got a, a bit of a different glimpse at uh, your old pal Dixby here, kiddos. What do you think? I really enjoy doing this, and we're going to do it again. Like I said, I'm going to go get some rest, going to turn the TV off, going to shut off the DVD player, uh, and I'm going to go hit the hay. So please, please do not hate me for my uh, my my lack of understanding, maybe. Or, or just, I really don't like Spider-Man 2. I'm so sorry out there, kiddos, for all of you that do. But I promise, your old pal Dixby will, will try to make it up to you in some way, shape, or form. Good night, good luck, and see you next time, kiddos.